so good to be with you. My name is Larissa. If we haven't met personally, please come meet me after the sermon. Um, I'm part of the Blue Water leadership team here at Blue Water. Our family's been a part of the church for five, six years. Um, and Steve and I, we live in Kapolei on the west side with our three children. And we co-lead one of the Ohana groups out there. It's called Blue Water West Side. And in fact, our Ohana group today, we're going to gather right after church for some lunch and time to hang out. So if you live on that side of the island, we would love to get connected with you and invite you to come along to lunch with us. Please join us. Oh, we're going to Zippies. Who doesn't like Zippies? Um, well, before we dive in together, I just I feel a sense of uh, importance that we just pause and ask the Lord to speak to us. I think the worship team did a great job of welcoming, welcoming us into the presence of God. God is here with us, um, but I believe he has a specific and individual and personal word for each of us today. So let me just pray for God to speak to us. Well, God, we are here. We turn our attention to you, God, and in the ways that you are already present and active and working in our midst, we want to make ourselves completely available to what it is that you want to say to us. God, would you speak a specific word to each of us today, every single person? And Lord, I pray that anything that would distract us or hold us back from fully engaging with you, would you just remove those things in the name of Jesus? And I pray that however you want to speak, whether it's a, a whisper um, or a clear word, God, we want to hear from you. That's why we're here this morning. Amen. Well, here's a reflection question for us today. What voices shape your life? What are the voices, the primary voices that shape your life and guide your life? Um, there are voices swirling all around us, right? There are voices that shape how we feel, how we think. There are voices that go into our decision-making every single day, little decisions, big decisions. And I had some good time to reflect this week for my own life on what are the voices that shape my life. Um, and I think there are, so there are the primary voices in my life, the actual people, right, the people that are closest to me, my husband, my kids, my parents, mentors, um, close inner circle of friends. There are also the voices in the news, in social media, in my inbox, in those spammy phone calls that I get in my voicemail. Um, there are those voices. And then there's also an inner voice, an inner voice inside me, inside you, that is somehow connected to your spirit, your mind, your deepest desires. And that voice also says things. And our whole lives are shaped by these different voices. And of course, somewhere in the midst of all of those voices, all of those noises, there's also the voice of God. So I want you to just take a moment, think about your own life. What are the primary voices that shape you and guide you? Just turn to the person, whoever's sitting next to you, and just share briefly, what are those voices in your own life? Take a minute and share. Well, we have a living God that speaks personally to us. A God who's active in our lives with a 
voice that speaks into our lives. And for me, this reality is particularly mind-blowing and incredible because I remember a time in my life when this idea that we have a God who speaks, this was a completely foreign concept to me. So I grew up going to a church um, from a young age. I grew up on Maui. And in this church and in our faith community, for some reason, this was my concept of prayer. I believed that I could say anything to God. I could say the Lord's Prayer. We had the Apostles' Creed. Um, we had different prayers in our like, prayer books as a church. Um, we, people would say grace, so they would thank God for the meal. Um, or we could ask God for what we need. You know, you go down your litany of things that you want the Lord to do. So essentially, I believed you could say anything to God. But if you wanted to know God's actual opinion on something, you had to open up your Bible and go look for the instructions. That was my concept of God. And so for me, there was zero category that perhaps God might speak directly to me. Now, all of this changed when I got to college. I had started following Jesus. I dedicated my life um, to the Lord. And at some point along the way, I was in this community of other Christians in my college. And at some point along the way, I realized that other Christians around me were saying crazy things. Like, I was praying the other day, and God said this to me. Or, I'm trying to make this decision, and I believe God is saying this. And I remember responding like, wait a minute, what? God is speaking to you? And I was shocked, I was mind blown that normal, ordinary, real life people were hearing the voice of God, right? Not just Old Testament prophets or monks in a monastery, but like my friend Scott, who I was going to class with, he heard the voice of God. And I remember feeling really intrigued by this. I realized, oh, I want that. I want that in my life. I want to know a God who speaks to me. And so I prayed this simple prayer. I prayed to God. I said, God, I'm here. What do you want to say to me? And this is my way of saying to God, God, I'm listening. I'm making myself available to your voice. What do you want to say? And I didn't know it at the time, but this little prayer, this paradigm shift, would completely revolutionize my life. Now, I share this story because maybe some of us here can relate. Maybe you're longing to hear the voice of God in your own life. Maybe listening to God is a new and foreign concept to you this morning. Maybe it's a little awkward. And maybe you've been around this Blue Water community a little bit, and you've seen other people radically shaped by the voice of God, and you want more of that. You yearn for more of that in your own life. And I just want to say, wherever you're at today, let this be your prayer. God, I'm here. What do you want to say to me? So today we're going to look at a person in Scripture who hears from God. The Bible is filled with examples of people um, being spoken to by God. And among all of these different people, I can think of no other person more changed and transformed by the voice of God than Saul. Later, he's known as the Apostle Paul. Now, if you've been around Blue Otter for a while, uh, last year we had a whole series on the life of Paul. 
And apart from Jesus, the Apostle Paul has had more impact and influence on the Christian faith than any other person. He's known as one of the greatest Christian missionaries and church planters. He wrote and inspired a huge portion of the New Testament of the Bible. And all of that, all of the incredible things that Saul, Paul, does, happens after he is changed by an unexpected encounter with the voice of God. So that's what we're going like, to look at today. Saul's life at this point has been on a very particular trajectory. He was born to Jewish parents. He studied Hebrew scriptures and law under a really famous rabbi. He later became a Pharisee. The Pharisees were a powerful religious sect of Judaism. And if you've read through the gospel stories, you'll know that the Pharisees were opposed to Jesus from the outset. Like his fellow Pharisees, Saul was extremely passionate about God and about Judaism. He had devoted his whole life to studying Jewish tradition and upholding the law and to safeguarding these traditions from any other threats. And the way of Jesus in this day was seen by the Pharisees as a major threat. So that's where we find Saul in our passage for today. By this time, Jesus has already died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. But the way of Jesus is spreading through the disciples. Multitudes of people are coming to faith in Jesus day by day by day. And Saul is convinced that, the, that Jesus' disciples are the enemies of God. And he sees it as his personal God-given mission to stop this Jesus movement. He's on a rampage, opposing, imprisoning, and even executing followers of Jesus. And so we take a step back, and I think that one of the most important questions for us regarding the life of Paul is, how does he go from being the Christian's worst enemy to suddenly the most zealous advocate for Jesus? How does that transformation happen? Well, we'll find the answer here in our passage for today. It's Acts 9, 1 through 19. It's right there in the bulletin, so if you have that, you can bring it out. You can follow along in your Bible, or it's going to be up there on the screen. Acts 9, 1 through 19. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, the way of Jesus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul were speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. 
In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. It is amazing just how radical of a shift happens for Saul here. Because to look at Saul before and after, he essentially becomes a completely different person. And can you imagine what this day was like for Saul? Right? One moment you're so certain of your God-given identity and purpose and calling, and suddenly the voice of God suddenly and rudely disrupts your entire life. Now let's look at all the different ways that God speaks to Saul. God speaks with an audible voice. He speaks through a visible flash of light, a light that's so powerful it knocks Saul to the ground. He speaks by causing a blindness in Saul's eyes, followed by a restoring and healing of his sight. And God speaks through two totally different people, both Saul and Ananias, and they receive the exact same vision from God. God speaks in a myriad of ways, essentially making it impossible for Saul to ignore it. But, the more, important, but more important than how God speaks is what God says. God gives Saul a new calling, a new identity, a new purpose. He's being called in this moment to follow Jesus, right? Follow Jesus and proclaim the gospel to the entire world. Now, for those of us here longing to hear the voice of God, for those of us hoping that God has a life-changing revelation, that God can break through in our mundane lives and speak to us, this moment in Saul's life should give us hope and faith. Because if God can speak to Saul on his way to destroy Christians and set him on a completely new path and purpose, then God can certainly, certainly speak to every single one of us. Amen? And now the question for each of us is, when God speaks, it's not a question of if God is going to speak, it's when God speaks to us, how will we respond? The story of Saul reveals to us that as far off the rails as his life was going, he was actually open to the voice of God. Saul responds by listening to Jesus' instructions. He embraces his new calling. God spoke to him, but the choice to obey, to really hear and listen to God and obey the voice of God, that was all up to Saul. 
So I want to just tell you a little bit about my own story and how our family got to where we're at today. Um, back in 2012, about seven years ago, Steve and I, we were living in Los Angeles. We had our first child, Aaron. I was pregnant with another one. Um, and we had both been in Los Angeles for over a decade. I had attended the University of Southern California. Steve had gone to UCLA. Each of us had had our own independent conversion experiences in college. Um, and both of us had ended up working together as college ministers with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at USC. God had called us to invest our lives in these college students, into making disciples of college students, into seeing God's kingdom come on campus, and into the neighborhoods and into the city that we are in. We felt so called there that we actually bought a home near campus. We invited a bunch of other people to live in community with us. And so for us, this house, this community, our whole lives of discipling these students, all of that was a reflection of our hearts and our calling. We are committed to this place. Our roots were planted deeply. And our earliest years of ministry, they were challenging. They were hard. There was a high learning curve. But at some point, we'd finally begun seeing God answer all these prayers, all these hopes that we had had. Students were coming to faith. They were being activated in ministry. And it felt like some major, major breakthroughs were happening. Now, all of this to say, at that point in our lives, our sense of purpose and calling to this community and to this place felt very clear. And then in the fall of 2012, we took a six-month sabbatical. We had both been re working really hard, and we were looking forward to some time away from ministry, away from daily responsibilities. We decided to take the six months and leave LA and spend the six months here on Oahu. My parents and grandmother were living here, and Hawaii just felt like a really obvious place for us to get rest and spend some time with the Lord and, yeah, just settle into different rhythms. And so that's what we did. We um, came to Oahu, we rented a place for six months, and we settled into new rhythms. Uh, more sleep, more time with family, more time with God. We got connected with this Blue Water Church here, and we joined one of the Ohana groups. So one day during our sabbatical, I was alone in a coffee shop praying, and out of nowhere, I had this sense from God. And it was this sense, it was very subtle, it was this sense that God was going to move us at some point to Hawaii. Now that hadn't been on my mind, that had never, that had not been conversations that Steve and I were having. So this was really out of nowhere, out of the blue. And it was this really subtle impression. It was kind of like almost a fleeting thought, and I barely noticed it. I mean, it was so random and small that I just went about the rest of my day. I didn't really give it much thought. Well, later that night, Steve and I, um, we were together at our, our condo, and we had put the kids to bed. We're sitting on the couch. We're kind of sharing about how our days were. And Steve turns to me, and he says, hey, something really random happened. Today, as I was taking a walk with the Lord, I felt like he was going to invite us at some point to move to Hawaii. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, do I share what I just heard? <laughs> um, and Steve says this, and Steve, in that moment, he was so uncertain about it, because for him, it also had come out of nowhere. 
But in that moment with the Lord, Steve asked God, God, is that you? Right, he checked, he checked with God. God, is that you? And he heard God say, yes, it's me. And so anyway, Steve is sharing all this. And so then I turn to Steve after he shares all that and I say, I think God's telling us the same thing. And now our immediate response in that moment was, whoa, okay, God seems to be saying the same thing to us. This would be a huge change, right? As I had said before, our whole life, our whole ministry in LA was so purposeful to us that the idea of leaving that all behind and moving to a totally new place, that felt really disruptive and challenging. And yet, Steve and I, we had already built ourselves on this motto. When we hear the voice of God, we hear and obey. In small things, in little things, we're going to try our best to respond to God, to the voice of God, with obedience, no matter what. And so in that moment, we said, okay, God, if that's really you speaking to us, we're open. And so over the next few weeks after that night, we kept praying about it. And we were trusting that if this was really God, he would make it clear. He would confirm it. So a few weeks later, Blue Water had its all-church retreat. It's the weekend away where all of us here at the church, we go and spend the weekend usually up on the North Shore, listening to God, just being present to God in a new way. And so since Steve and I had all the time in the world, we had no jobs at that point, and we liked this weird faith community, we decided to go on the retreat. And on our drive up to the North Shore, on the way to the retreat, we had this conversation and we just said, you know, this weekend, since we're setting it aside to be with the Lord in a really fresh way, this would be a great time for God to show up and to speak to us, wouldn't it? We just had that conversation. Um, and at that point, we felt like we were 80% sure that God is speaking, was speaking to us about Hawaii. But we felt like we could use a little bit more confirmation. So on the first morning of the, of the retreat, Steve took some time to pray by himself out on the beach, and he's sitting there praying, and he says this to God. He says, God, if you're in this, if you're in this Hawaii thing, would you please show me a sign? And immediately, Steve sees this vision. He sees a vision of God hovering above the island and the waters, with this huge smile on his face, with his arms open wide. And immediately when he saw that, Steve knew what it meant. God was inviting us to be here in this place. God was saying, come, be with me here. Enter into my joy here. And Steve was filled with all of this peace and joy, knowing, yeah, this was God speaking. Now this happened without me knowing. I was off doing my own thing. Um, and this happened before the morning session of the retreat. So just a little bit later, I didn't even know what had happened. A little bit later, the whole church is gathered together in the main meeting room. And Steve, coming off of this intense experience with God, he says this little prayer as we're like walking in and taking some seats. He says, God, I know you don't have to do this, but if you could just give me one more sign, that would be amazing. That's the kind of prayers that my husband prays. If you could just give one more sign. Three minutes after Steve says this prayer, everyone's sitting down, Jordan is up 
at the microphone. He's saying some stuff. I don't know. Um, in the middle of what he's saying, Jordan says, Oh, earlier today, um, I got a word from God, and it's for Steve. Steve, would you please stand up? Now, I, at that point, had never, ever heard a prophetic word delivered from up front at church publicly. So this was all like, what's going on? But Steve stands up, and Jordan, with the microphone, he says, Steve, I had this vision, and it was of you and Larissa and the rest of your family, and you guys were on a boat. You're on a ship, and you're in the middle of an ocean, and you're headed into fog. And here's what I think this vision means. This is a picture of you guys, and you're headed back to Hawaii, which I think you already know that that's going to happen. At some point, you're going to move here. You're coming back. But there's a lot of mystery surrounding that journey. And God wants you to know he's with you. He's the one leading you into this, and it's actually going to be in the mystery, in the fog, that you're going to find more of God's presence. And Jordan says this entire thing, and like, my heart had stopped beating at that point. Steve and I were just like, our jaws are dropped, we're, we're floored. God had spoken to each of us in independent prayer times. God spoke through a vision that Steve had that morning. And now it was almost as if God was putting this big stamp of approval, of confirmation right on all of that with this prophetic word. And we knew at that moment without a shred of doubt that God was speaking directly to us. It was like that moment for Saul. It was impossible for us to ignore it. And because we had made it the guiding principle of our lives to hear and obey when the Lord speaks, that's what we did. We left a ministry and community that we loved. We uprooted our lives we uprooted our whole family, and now here we are, all because God spoke to us. <laughs> and so my question for us today is, do you want your life to be shaped by the voice of God? Are you personally willing to respond to the Lord when he speaks to you? with faith and obedience and trust. Because if we're honest, God's voice puts us both in a joyfully reassuring and utterly dangerous place. When God speaks, we're reminded that the creator of the universe, he's with us, he's here, he loves us. And at the same time, we absolutely have no control over what he's gonna say to us. Right? To truly listen to God, it involves a radical openness. An openness to surprise, to risk, to change, even to suffering. But then again, that's what the faith life is, isn't it? The faith life is filled with exhilaration and joy and adventure. And all of it is marked by listening to a God who speaks to us. So how then, how can we become people more and more shaped by God? If that's the thing that we want, what are the ways we can orient our lives to really listen, to hear from God? And we just have a few guidelines here, a few guidelines for hearing God. 
Create time and space to listen. God can show up in surprising, unexpected moments, but we also need to be disciplined and intentional about making room to listen to God in our lives. We live in lives, again, full of voices and distractions, and so we need to intentionally set ourselves up to have healthy rhythms of listening. And I think those rhythms involve both small, medium, and large periods of time where we can listen. We can almost think of it like having a variety of meals in our diet, right? Snack, meal, feast. To have a nutritious diet of listening, we need snacks, meals, and feasts. A snack moment of listening might be every morning you just wake up and you take a moment with the Lord and ask him, God, what do you want to say to me about my day? That's a snack. But you would never build your whole life on snacking, right? You need meals. You'd be malnourished. And so a meal would be like an intentional prayer time, an intentional quiet time of silence and solitude with Jesus. And then once in a while, we have our feasts, right? These big, long, leisurely meal times where we get to really dig in. And so for our prayer times, that might be a full day set aside to listen to God. We might call it our Sabbath or a prayer retreat where we take even a few days to withdraw from daily life and to really lay out that time to listen to God. We need this variety of snacks, meals, and feasts of listening space to God. Second, test and confirm what you hear. This is important. When you hear something from God, test it. Test it through scripture. Is it consistent with what I see in scripture? And confirm it within community. Check with others who listen to God. Check with the people in your Ohana group. And now one note on this, I would say a great principle within this one is the bigger the decision, the bigger the decision and its consequences, the more confirmation you should seek out. Does that make sense? So if God says something to you like, hey, go mow your neighbor's lawn. Okay, just go do it. You don't really need confirmation about that. But if the Lord is speaking to you and saying, buy a boat and sail to Africa, you should probably get some confirmation, okay? Okay, so the third one. The more you listen and obey, the more you'll know God's voice. The more you listen and obey, the more you'll know God's voice, especially at the beginning in our listening journey. We might feel afraid of getting it wrong, and that's okay. Listening to God is like working a new muscle. The more you listen and try to follow and obey, the stronger you're going to get. So just start with where you're at. As long as you actually follow through with listening and obeying, you're going to learn what the voice of God feels like and sounds like to you personally. And it's going to sound different to you than it does for me. And finally, let God speak into your decisions. Following Jesus means letting him be the Lord of every area of our lives. This includes our money, uh uh-oh, our relationships, oh no, our jobs. Do you listen to God when you're making those decisions? The other voices, you guys, they're competing for power in our lives. Everything in our culture today pulls us toward materialism, toward comfort, towards people's approval, And outside of God moving us in a different direction, those are the ways we're going to make decisions based on those things. But if we here are followers of Jesus, then we will let him have ultimate authority with where we go and what we do. So ask him, 
What job do you want me to have, God? God, where do you want me to live? How do you want me to use the money that you've entrusted to me? Who do you want me to minister to? Are you letting Jesus speak into those decisions of your life? Has he had the permission and the space? Blue Water, can you imagine with me just for a moment, what if every single one of us here, all 200, 300 of us, people listening to the podcast, what if all of us here ask the Lord just those four questions? What if we listened to God's voice in those questions and we obeyed? What if every, every single one of us had a job and a neighborhood and stewardship of money and a ministry assignment that was all based in God calling us right there to that place? Imagine the, ki- the kind of kingdom impact that we would have. Imagine the countercultural revolution that would break out. Imagine all the people, the neighborhoods, the industries, the systems that we as a people would disrupt in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. And imagine with me the revival that would happen in our city and on this island and out into the world. And now consider just how much joy each of us would have how much more intimacy with the Father who loves us, who calls us his children, how much more power and purpose and passion, how much those things would shape and mark our lives, all because we're listening to and available to and being shaped by the voice of God. So that's what we're going to do together to close. We're going to end together by praying and asking God, God, speak to us right here, right now. We're going to just have those four questions put back up on the screen. And I want you to just take a moment and pick one of those questions. Pick one of those areas of your life, your job, where you live, how you use money, or who you minister to. And in a moment, I'm going to have you ask the Lord that question in your heart, in your mind. And now you might be thinking, whoa, I've never given God permission to speak into this area. Blue Water, let's take a risk in that today. Let's risk that and trust that God will speak to us. And let's collectively have the prayer be, God, I'm here. What do you want to say to me? So let me just pray. I'll invite God to speak. And where just wherever you're at right now, we'll take a few moments to ask the Lord that question and we'll listen. God, open us up to whatever it is that you want to say to us. We bring to you all that we have and all that we are and we lay it all before you, God, at your feet. And we just want to say, we are here, God. What do you want to say to us? And God, I pray that each of us would hear from you. So just quiet your heart, quiet your mind. Take a few slow, deep breaths in and out. 
and on your own, ask God the specific question that you chose. Pray that prayer. Ask God, what do you want to say in this particular area of my life, God? And then take a moment and listen to what God says.